the big piece that I wanted to talk about today that I am personally the most excited about is... Welcome back to the Digital Dive Podcast, a conversation about tech. My name is Darsh. I am one of your hosts and... I'm your only host this week. This week, guys, Jacqueline has the amazing opportunity to be at Google I.O. Live. And so she'll be covering a lot of this information on her channel. If you guys want to go check out some videos with hands-on with all the devices and software that has been announced today. But I'm here to give you my opinions, my discussion, my discord, my overall thought process around what everything Google announced was, how it works, how it fits into your life, and whether or not, honestly, it's really worth it. Without any further ado, let's jump into it. So Google I.O. is today, and now Google I.O. is effectively Google's big event every year where they announce, well, new hardware, new software, and kind of everything that Google plans on doing. It's uh, kind of a giant press event, similar to that of like Apple's events that they host multiple times a year. Usually this is more in line with ones that they do in September, where it's like a phone launch as well as some other devices, so small incremental upgrades and uh, some just general talking points on cool things that they're doing at the company. So there was a couple of things that were announced today that I definitely do want to dive into. And one of, well, as the first big three that I'll talk about is the different Pixel devices that have been announced. And yes, these are devices that we've been talking about that have been rumored for time. I'm talking the Pixel Fold, the Pixel Tablet, and the budget-friendly Pixel 7a. Let's talk about it. So first and foremost, we have the Pixel Fold. Now this is an $1,800 entry into the folding phone market that Google's come out with, which is actually pretty interesting uh, just because I feel like that does fall a little bit in line with the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4. And the pre-orders are actually starting today as of recording this, which is May 10th, 2023. It'll be shipping to customers in June. Now at first attempt of a folding phone, there's a lot to actually like here. One of the things here that's really interesting is the hinge. So first and foremost, it's stiff, but not cumbersome. So you're not actually gonna have much of an issue with opening or closing it. And it's gonna be nice and sturdy, which is honestly really great with a folding phone because I feel like the hinge is always the biggest cause for concern. And another thing here is that it feels like an expensive object, which I feel like isn't necessarily Google's strongest suit, all things considered. I know that Google in the past has made mostly budget devices or more like mid-tier devices. And that's more so what the Pixel lineup has been, at least in my eyes. But this year with the Pixel Fold, it is definitely going to be standing out from the mind. Now it offers the book size folding rather than a flip. So it's more of a tablet than it is just a extendable phone. So it goes from a compact 5.8 inch phone into a 7.6 inch tablet. Uh, with the flexible screen. So that's obviously great. Now, because Google's also done a lot of work this year to kind of make tablet integration a bit more with the Pixel, and that kind of leads to a whole other conversation. I'll, I'll leave that for in a couple of minutes after I'm done giving you my spiel on the Pixel Fold. So they did a lot more to actually advance the overall tablet experience on Google and on Android. And this is no different here because now you have a giant screen that's effectively a tablet. It looks like a normal, it looks kind of just really like the Galaxy Z Fold 4, I'll be quite honest with you, in terms of its general like high level look at it. Now it's gonna be coming with the Tensor G2 chip, I believe. And this is gonna be really, really cool because we're gonna be able to see like the, for one, the second generation of Google's Tensor chip, which is gonna have less, it's not gonna have as many bugs and it's also gonna be extremely powerful. It is its in-house silicon. So that's definitely gonna be really exciting. And I think that this could actually be a really cool device. It is a little, but from, from the looks of it, like the dimensions are a little bit different than that of the fold where it is a little bit more pudgier almost in design uh, than that of uh, the Galaxy Z Fold. So that's definitely something to note here as well. I'm honestly, I'm very excited to see what happens. 
Now, the outside screen is going to be a 1080 by 2092 pixel, and the inside is going to be 2208 by 1840 pixels. It's going to reach up to 1450 nits, and the outside screen is going to hit 1550 nits, which is definitely no small feat. Now, a really, really cool feature here actually is that both of the OLED panels on the outside and on the inside are going to have 120 uh, hertz refresh rates, which is going to be pretty awesome to see. And it also has an ultra thin glass cover that's going to be covering the like the foldable screen. So that's also a really cool feature here. That means that we're going to have more durability with the screen and as well as it's going to feel more glass-like than plastic, which I feel is more so my issue with the Galaxy Z Fold devices as a whole. It definitely does feel a bit plasticky. And so... The Google Pixel Fold is here. I'm curious to hear from you guys what you think about it. It's definitely going to be a very interesting device in the market just because Google has never come out with a foldable before. And now Google's also claiming beyond 24 hours of battery life from the Pixel Fold with a 4,800 milliamp hour battery system, which is split between two cells, one in each half of the phone that can fast charge at a rate of 30 watts or wirelessly be charged on a standard Qi wireless charger but neither charger will actually be included with the device. So definitely gonna be more of that cash grab that we've seen uh, in the past with Apple and with Samsung. Now there are a total of five cameras on the Pixel Fold. So there's an 8.3 megapixel camera on the outside for selfies and another above the inner display for video calls. And then the three cameras are on back features a 48 megapixel optically stabilized main camera, a 10.8 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 10.8 megapixel five times telephoto camera. Now, for reference here, for anyone who doesn't know too much about these camera systems, a five times telephoto is five times zoomed in pretty much, but that's how cropped in the sensor is and how cropped in the lens is around it. And for reference, or I guess comparison, the iPhone 14 Pro has a three times telephoto zoom uh, whereas it says five times. So you're definitely gonna get clearer and crisper pictures zooming in further, which is honestly pretty great. I'd be curious to see how that kind of works, uh, especially with Google's processing, as that is probably the biggest highlight when it does come to Google's phones and their ability to process photos, which, which I'm just a very big fan of. So kind of going back into that pudgier design I was mentioning. So we're gonna talk about the ratio. Now, when I think it was a couple years ago, we started switching more towards a two to one ratio for most of the smartphones that we're seeing in the market. And now we're seeing more of a um, inner display has a six to five ratio, which is going to be very interesting because it's more of like an actual like landscape style tablet. And this could be good, but I feel like with a smaller form factor, like a 7.6 inch display, I'm a little bit more curious about how that's going to play out. And again, like these are things that I would actually refer to Jacqueline and her videos on these devices in their hands-on. It should be really, really uh, interesting. Now, kind of circling back to the hinge, the hinge is made of stainless steel and Google says it's rated for up to 200,000 opens and closes and it can hold its position anywhere you leave it. So you can turn it into like a mini laptop if you wanted to, or just kind of have it like propped up so you can watch like a movie or something. Now, the Pixel Fold also has an IPX8 uh, weather resistance rating, which means it can withstand exposure to water, but not dust. And you're probably going to want to keep this away from the beach just to kind of, I don't know, um, not let dust or sand get inside. Although the screen closes, which is pretty much without any like lip in between, like there's virtually no gap between the two halves when the Pixel Fold is closed, you still do want to be careful of those display issues because with any device with moving parts, you are looking at a one hefty fixing cost. And for two, you're also going to be looking at a really easy like kind of customer destroyability rating. I think that's what I'd probably call it. Pretty much if you are a consumer of any of these kinds of devices, like a foldable device and it has a moving part in it, it is more likely for a consumer to be able to damage or to alter the state of the device with minimal effort just because a moving part just means it's easier to break. And that's just kind of, 
That goes without saying here. Now, I've been an early adopter of foldable phones. I've been using my Galaxy Z Fold 4 for a while, and I'm honestly kind of a fan of its utility. I'm still stuck in the Apple ecosystem, so switching over to an Android device sadly is not in the cards right now, but I'm really curious to see how this device plays out, and I'm here, curious to hear what you guys think of it as well. Now, moving on to number two, let's talk about the Google Pixel 7a. I'm going to leave the most interesting one for last. Now, the 7a is pretty much like Google's mid-range class of devices. They come out to be a little bit cheaper than like, like a more flagship phone, and it's more so intended for that mid-range market. So the total price of this device is going to be $500, which is actually a $50 jump from the Pixel 6a's $450. Now, the 7a is trying to move to the front of the mid-range class, not just as like a buy it for the camera alternative as per The Verge. Now, one of the things that I do want to mention is that you have effectively the same kind of design as the Google Pixel 7, and it's going to be a pretty interesting device overall. Uh, you have a brighter, smoother scrolling 90 hertz screen. It's not as nice as the Galaxy A54 5G, which is going to be its main competitor in the space. Now, it has a robust build and solid software, which is honestly great to see. It has an amazing camera system, like what we've known to expect and love from Google, and it also has wireless charging. Now, one of the issues that does come up is that the digital zoom is definitely a little bit dated and not as effective from the early reports, as well as the fingerprint scanner being a bit pokey and just not necessarily working um, consistently. Now, this device is going to be powered by Google's custom chipset, the Tensor G2, and it's backed up by three years of OS upgrades and five years of security updates that have made it a little bit more usable and less of a bug hound. Now, considering that this device did get a bit of a price bump, there is also more RAM. So I don't know if you're paying 50 bucks for more RAM or necessarily exactly what that means, but the device seems pretty cool, all, like, all things considered. It's got a little bit of a thicker bezel with a 6.3 inch display. It has an IP67 rating, which means that it's sealed against dust and is protected against some water immersion. So definitely don't go take this into the pool, but it could definitely withstand a little bit of like a shower, something along those lines. So the 7A features a 6.1 inch display with thicker bezels. Now this is going to be thicker bezels than that of the Pixel 7 uh, with a 6.3 inch display. So the 7A's uh, 6.1 inch display will be featuring a 1080p OLED panel with a 90 hertz top refresh rate, which I mentioned earlier. And on top of that, it's also gonna have an IP67 rating. The phone is gonna be sealed against dust and a little bit of water, like a water immersion test. Pretty much just don't dunk this in the pool, but if you have to take it in the shower, I think you'll be okay. That's kind of where I'd, I'd put the IP67 rating at right now. Now, I think that the in-display fingerprint sensor is gonna be a bit tricky to use because there is, and there have been reported some issues with it, but you guys let me know if you guys end up picking one up, what you think of it, or check out Jacqueline's video on the 7A, which I'm sure is going to be out very soon. Now, there is going to be a 4,385 milliamp hour battery that Google claims is gonna be able to go up to 72 hours on a single charge, but that's gonna be in extreme battery saver mode. And so with the phone with not extreme saving mode on, the phone was able to like stand, withstand like a moderate day of use with about three and a half hours of screen on time as per some testing that's been out so far. Uh, so usually down to 25% by bedtime. And if you probably added like a gaming session, I don't know if you'd be able to make through the day, you might need a late day recharge session. Now the 7A has a 18 watt wired charging system. There's no charger including the box here either and a 7.5 watt wireless charging system. So it's definitely not gonna be as fast as the Pixel Fold, but it definitely is still gonna be able to fill up your device pretty quickly. So all versions of the 7A will include a sub six gigahertz 5G like chip inside. And the only version that's going to be sold in the U.S. will be to Verizon, which will include a millimeter wave 5G, but that'll cost an extra 50 bucks. So it's definitely going to be very interesting. You might be better off just buying it from Google, which could be kind of the better way with it. 
The pictures from everything that showed up have shown pretty well. And honestly, I'm just overall excited for this device. I think that the mid-range market definitely could be due for an upgrade from Google. And I'd be curious to see how this all plays out. Let me know what you guys think. I'm honestly really, really curious. Now, the big piece that I wanted to talk about today that I am personally the most excited about is the new Pixel tablet. Now, Google announced last year that we'd be getting a Pixel tablet, and this year it's available. It's available for pre-order starting today at $500, and it's going to begin shipping on June 20th. Now, Google's history with tablets has been pretty rough, all things considered. Originally had the Nexus 7 and the Nexus 10, the Nexus 10 got discontinued, and then the Nexus 7 was all they had, and then they had phablets, um, the Nexus 6. So I actually did have the Nexus 7, I had the second generation, and it was probably one of my favorite tablets I've ever used. It was small, it was palmable, put in my back pocket, and it was honestly just fun. It was a fun device to play games on, watch TV on. It had pretty much everything I needed from. And now that the Google Pixel tablet's back, it's really interesting because for me, if you guys have been following at least, I am big, and I mean big, into using Google Assistant to kind of run my house. And so this has me really excited because the Google Home system is effectively going to be integrated into this tablet. So there's a dock system that comes with it. And we did talk about the rumors, might I add, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And that was, I believe, also a solo episode where I kind of broke down my thoughts on it and why I was excited. So the dock system is pretty much going to just house the tablet. You can like place a tablet onto the dock and it'll pretty much work like a giant Google Nest hub. And then if you pick it up off the dock, you can use it as a normal tablet. And when it's on the dock, you also have access to the speaker system that's built in, which is effectively the same as the Nest hub as per Google's claims. Now it has like full native Android support with a 16 by 10 aspect ratio display, also featuring 2560 by 1600 pixels, which is great. Now the it comes in three colors, white, dark green, and light pink with the dark green model featuring a black bezel. Though it looks like from a distance, the Pixel tablet has an aluminum frame with a nano texture coating, uh, not unlike what Google did with the Pixel 5 smartphone. So again, these devices haven't actually been played with too much in depth because they're not available as yet. But from what we do know, this is kind of what the idea is. Now, it seems as though the Pixel tablet is gonna be a bit more of a device kind of left for the home, less of something that you're gonna take out with you through the day, it's going to be more something that you're going to kind of keep at home and like put it in the, in the drawer, like, like take it around with you around the house to like do different things like watch, watch a video, listen to music, or um, just do any like mindless tasks that you wouldn't need to do on a computer. And I think that it's going to be great for this. My issue and concern kind of comes with the fact that it's $500. A $500 tablet like this that kind of docks and is effectively just a giant Google Home is a bit concerning. Now, my concerns come more so with the overall Android OS because the issue is that with Android OS on a tablet, we've had a ton of issues. Now, Google has done a lot to implement uh, better upgrades and improvements, but it would never leave me to think that Android OS is perfect for a like just a, like a standalone tablet. It makes sense with the Pixel Fold where you're folding it open and using it as a tablet in certain situations, or you can use them each as individual screens for different apps. Like That makes sense to me, but this here doesn't make so much sense because my experience with Google uh, and Android OS with tablets, it's a bit it's a bit problematic. I haven't, I've never really had a great experience with it, but they have been doing updates and it does not go unnoticed. Now, another thing to kind of call out is that this definitely does look a bit like the Nest Hub Max, uh, which is a $250 smart display that Google released back in 2019. And like, to be clear, the Pixel tablet is an Android tablet. It's not a smart display. It runs a different software and has definitely more capabilities. But when it's docked, it just kind of looks exactly like the Nest Hub Max, which kind of, I guess, creates a little bit of an issue. It's like you're spending $250 more for this. Wouldn't you want it to look, I guess, a little bit more premium, a little bit more proper and prim? So you're going to also find the Tensor G2 processor in here, which is 
always great to see. It's a very powerful processor and I'm excited to see its capabilities in the tablet ecosystem. You're also looking at eight gigs of RAM and either 128 gigs or 256 gigs of storage. You're looking at about 12 hours of video streaming between charges and there's a USB-C port for wired charging if you don't have the dock with you, but I guess the dock is kind of the main point. Now there are no 5G or LTE options, there's only Wi-Fi configurations and the tablet has four stereo speakers featuring three microphones for video calls and two overall cameras. One on the back, which is an eight megapixel rear camera. And then there's another one on the front that's eight megapixels, which is centered in your top bezel for landscape orientation phone calls. And there's also a fingerprint scanner, which that has me very excited. Now, Google's made a snap-on case that has a built-in kickstand and it still supports mounting on the speaker dock, which is great. But some of the missing uh, accessories that I feel like should have been brought into place here would be like a keyboard or a stylus. So I guess that Google is definitely not suggesting this device to replace a laptop. It's more so to replace kind of just like your other tablets or to be like a nice integration into your home. I think for me personally, this might be the upgrade that I need for my Google Nest system. Uh, I might end up going with this uh, just because it does offer a bit more capability and functionality than that of my Google Home. But it's a pretty expensive upgrade for me as a Google Home replacement. And I don't necessarily see how I would use this as a tablet, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on all of this. Uh, this entire kind of episode is focused more on the three pixel launches that I'm really excited about and I wanted to share with you. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this on Twitter. Tweet us at Digital Dipod and I would just, I want to hear your thoughts. With that being said, this event was definitely something that I did like this week. And I do have one other thing that I liked this week that I did want to share with you uh, just in case you were interested. So the one thing that I did want to share with you this week has been, honestly, it's, it's, it's the same show I've been preaching about for weeks now. It's Blackish. I've been watching Blackish for a like for a solid like three weeks now, and I think that I'm on season four, which means I'm going at a rate about of about a season a week or a season like a bit a week. This show has has a hold on my heart. I'm obsessed with it. I think it is absolutely phenomenal. I would highly recommend it if you haven't seen it already. It's just it's it's like Modern Family with a twist, and I think that it's just it's it's very funny. It's honestly really funny. Um, I definitely would say it's a very family friendly show. Go check it out. Uh, with that being said, guys. This is the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I want to give a huge shout out as always to Adil Constantine for the amazing intro and outro music. I also want to give a huge shout out to you guys for sitting here and listening to me ramble on about the Pixel, different tablets and devices for the past uh, 15 minutes or so. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next week on Monday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Talk soon, guys. Bye.